So, we're in the book of Matthew, or chapter 12. And this is a passage that many people like to cite to say that Yeshua did away with the Sabbath, or it would seem that Yeshua violates the Sabbath and advocates violating the Sabbath. But for those of us who keep the Sabbath, then we'll rush to show them their error in the passage. And oftentimes in that rush to show them their error, we actually drive them farther away from the Sabbath. Let's face facts, because the majority of those who are believers in Messiah Yeshua believe that in some way that the law of God has been removed by Yeshua. They think that it's legalism. And that to keep the Sabbath is really to go under the law. I'm sure that all of you who've been here for a while have heard that from someone. Oh, you're going under the law. You're keeping the Sabbath. They didn't read that in the Bible, but they heard it from a pastor or someone they respect. So, But you have to understand that as you go out into the world and you see people, that's the attitude they have. And as you enter into a discussion with them about the Sabbath, that's the attitude. That's their mental state. Well, think about this. If you argue with them or say things like, oh, you're going to hell if you don't keep the Sabbath. Sunday worship is out of paganism. See, what you actually do is you confirm their fears. And they walk away saying, oh, poor Stan. He's hopelessly under the law. Listen, if there's one thing that I've learned as a teacher, it's that you can never argue someone into Sabbath observance. What we can do, though, is we can teach them of the beauty of the Sabbath. If... And this is the big if. If we don't alienate them first with what appears to be legalism, if you do that, it's all over. The farmer's almanac once said, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. And my friend, that's true. So let's look at this today and see if we can't find a better way. First, let's read the passage in the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 12. At this time, Yeshua went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple desecrate the day yet are innocent? I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you have not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went to the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to accuse Yeshua. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And so, as I said, sometimes we Christians, we read this and think that because, uh, how we be, because of how we've been taught that Yeshua 
isn't keeping the Sabbath here. And he's teaching his disciples the same thing. With a little study, we know that's not the case. And we've covered these verses in the book of Mark. The discussion here is not whether or not to keep the Sabbath, but it's what is work on the Sabbath. What is lawful to do on the Sabbath? There are some in the first century that thought that healing on the Sabbath constituted work. Therefore, it shouldn't be done, but it should be put off until the Sabbath was over. Unless, of course, it was a matter of life and death. Healing on the Sabbath is work. There's no two ways about it. It is work. But doing good on the Sabbath outweighs the command of doing work on the Sabbath. And so here Yeshua says that healing, while it may be work, is doing good on the Sabbath. And it was more important than the command not to work. Doing good on the Sabbath is always permissible. Many of the rabbis of the first century, if not most of the rabbis, would have agreed with Yeshua. But not these few that had come to see him. Yeshua wants to convey to us and to them the true meaning of the Sabbath in the way he keeps the Sabbath. Because it's a Torah picture of the Sabbath rest of God, or what we could say is the Messianic kingdom, his kingdom on earth. A time when the lion will lie down with the lamb, carnivores will eat straw, children will play with vipers, there'll be no sickness. And in our keeping of the Sabbath, he wants us to do things that do not prosper us in this age, but prosper us and promote the coming age, the world to come. So what should we say to others about the Sabbath? We all know these things, but what should we say to others about the Sabbath? More importantly, how can we convey the importance of the Sabbath to others who are of the impression that it's legalism? How can we make them know that the Sabbath is God really calling to his people? It's God saying, would you come and rest with me today? Just like he called Adam in the cool of the day to walk with him, to rest with him. You know, he didn't give Adam a list of rules for the Sabbath. He just invited him to come and walk with him in the cool of the day. And he's saying to those who have ears to hear, come, learn of me, my kingdom. Come, walk with me. Don't learn or practice the ways of the world but come and learn my ways. You see, it's Yeshua calling us. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, it's no coincidence that Matthew puts these verses just before these about Sabbath observance. Yeshua is asking us to be his people on this day and let him care for us. Let him provide for us. Find rest for our souls because his yoke, or we could say his observance of the law, is easy. The Sabbath is God saying rest and promising That if we do that, he'll supply each and every one of our needs. Just as when he took Israel out of Egypt. You see, the Sabbath is God's gift to us. It's his gift to the redeemed of the world. 
God wants to give us a gift. And I want to look at a few traditions here from the rabbis. These aren't scripture, mind you, and I never want you to take a tradition in that way. But these traditions show us the attitude about things in Yeshua's day in regard to the Sabbath. And they're so close to the truth that one can't help but read them and appreciate them. Listen to the first one. That ye may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. The Holy One said to Moses, Moses, in my treasury, I have a precious gift. It's called the Sabbath. And I wish to give it to Israel. Go make it known to them. See, the Sabbath isn't law. It's a gift. God didn't give the Sabbath as a law. He gave it first to Adam. Come rest with me. Walk with me in the cool of the day. When Israel comes up out of Sinai, out from under the rule of Pharaoh, that evil taskmaster who had never given them any rest, he gives them the Sabbath. And he gave it to them long before they reached Sinai. And he spoke the Ten Commandments. You see, it was a gift. God saying, I love you. Come rest with me. Take this day and rest. I'll provide for all your needs. Listen to this other one. See for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. What is implied by the word see? Our Yose answered that God meant see the pearl I'm giving you. See the pearl I'm giving you. Now if you were here for the parable study, that should ring a bell for you. The Sabbath, as we have said, is a shadow of the Messianic kingdom. The Sabbath rest of God. Here a rabbi compares the Sabbath to a pearl. And if we look in Matthew chapter 13, Yeshua compares the messianic kingdom to a pearl. Listen to what he says. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a beautiful pearls. Who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You see, that's the essence of the kingdom. Nothing is of greater value. It's the essence of the Sabbath as well because the Sabbath is a shadow of God's kingdom. It's God's gift to us. He's asking us to forsake the things of this age just as the merchant sold all that he had and rest with him on the Sabbath. It's a precious pearl, a gift, a treasure, a delight. But now that we know that, think for a moment. How can we teach about the Sabbath in that way? How can we show people that that's the Sabbath in that way? Is that the way we teach about the Sabbath? Or do we drive people away with legal jargon, with accusations, with condemnation? In verse 6, Yeshua told us that He's Lord over the Sabbath day. You see, to the world, Yeshua, we say when we keep the Sabbath, we say to the world, Yeshua is Lord and we will worship and focus on Him on this day. He's our Lord, He's our Master, our Teacher, our Rabbi. And on this day, we'll walk like Him with our eyes on Him. Not with the legalism that, that He encountered in the Pharisees, but with our eyes on Him furthering the kingdom. When we see others working on this day, when I see other people working on this day, I'm reminded He didn't give the Sabbath to any, everyone, but just as with any gift, He gave it to those who would accept it. Listen to the Midrash. All the commandments of the Holy One gave to Israel, He gave publicly, except for the Sabbath. 
which he gave privately. As it is said, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. And what they mean by that is that God spoke the commandments from Mount Sinai. And all the world could hear him speak. In fact, Jewish tradition says that the voice of God split into the 70 known languages of the world that day. Of course, only Israel accepted. But the Sabbath, remember, as I said, he gave them the Sabbath before they ever reached Mount Sinai. Privately, he gave it to them as part of their salvation from Egypt. He has given it to us as well. It's God's gift to the redeemed of the world. I'm going to give you a Sabbath rest. The Sabbath is a sign between God and His people Israel. His followers rest on the Sabbath as He rested on the Sabbath. You know, often you hear the Sabbath is for Jews. Even this Jewish rabbi that we just read, he knew better than that. He didn't say it was given to the Jews. He said it was given to Israel. God did not extend the Sabbath to the Hebrews only. He extended it to the redeemed. Listen to what Exodus chapter 12 says. In verse 37, The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. Many other people went with them as well as large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. You see, what I want you to see, it wasn't given to the Jewish people alone, but to all the people, Jew and non-Jew, who God had redeemed out of Egypt. That's why it says many other people went with Israel as well as the Hebrews. So the Sabbath, really, it was given to the redeemed of the Lord, all of those who were redeemed up out of Egypt. And if we go to the book of Hebrews, we find that it's also given to those, to the redeemed of Yeshua as well. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall short by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul, spirit, joints, marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes, to whom we must give an account. Now that we understand that the Sabbath is a gift, to the redeemed of the Lord. The next thing I want to talk about is what it means to we as believers. You see, we are the redeemed of the Lord. And if you're not convinced and still think that it was only for Israel, we only need to read Ephesians chapter 2. It says this in verse 19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Messiah Yeshua himself as chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives. You see, here's the deal. Because of Messiah Yeshua, we've been given this wonderful blessing. We're grafted in. To Israel. We are the people of God. We're fellow citizens now. You see, instead of trying to argue that the Sabbath is not for, just for Jews, why not teach our fellow 
believers that we are fellow citizens. We're grafted in to the kingdom of Israel. And therefore, this wonderful gift is for us too. In our witness to people of God's holy day, we need to teach them that it's a wonderful gift. I doubt very much that when you were witnessed to about Yeshua, that anyone came up to you and said, you're a sinner. The world is sinful and you're going to hell. If you don't accept Yeshua right now, lightning will strike you down and you are going to burn in hell for the rest of your life. No, they came to you and told you of the love Messiah has for you. The joy of being free from the world and being in Him. Well, the question I have is, why don't we do that with the Sabbath? The very first thing we want to do in our witness is to remove the legalism they associate with the Sabbath. Get it out of the discussion right away. The minute you say Sabbath, most have been conditioned by teachers and preachers to think legalism. But as you can see in the first half of the message here, I've addressed the Sabbath and I haven't brought out any legalism into the discussion except for that that the rabbis in our first few verses spoke up to Yeshua in their error. So let's begin with this question because this is one you'll encounter. Do we have to keep the Sabbath? If you, if you don't keep the Sabbath, will you not make it into the kingdom? The answer is simple. You don't have to keep the Sabbath for salvation. I was saved. I didn't, wasn't keeping the Sabbath. I wasn't doing anything. God came and saved me. Right? Yeshua saved you and that salvation means you have entrance into the kingdom. There's no other way to get into the kingdom to include keeping the commands of God. You can't get there that way. You can't make it to the kingdom that way. That's why Paul says in Romans 3, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. It's not keeping the Sabbath holy that's going to get you to the kingdom. It's faith in Yeshua. Is not keeping the Sabbath sin though? Well, yes it is. What did John say sin was? transgression of the law. The Sabbath is one of the commandments in the law. If you don't keep the Sabbath holy, it is sin. There's no two ways about it. Keeping the commands of Torah, including the Sabbath though, will not gain you entrance into the kingdom, but it will keep you out of trouble. It tells you at the point at which you're you're in trouble with God. They reveal transgression, but keeping the commands will not give you salvation with God. It'll give you reward in the kingdom, but no salvation. The commands of Torah are a minimum standard. It's God telling us where our behavior falls below His standards. But God wants us to live lives that rise so far above His command that we're no longer subject to them. That's the way Yeshua lived His life. His words, His actions were so far above the Torah commands that he never violated God's law, even though in doing so sometimes it appeared that he did, like we just read. If someone who suffers from the legalities of the Sabbath were to walk past 
a kitchen window. My kitchen window. And let's say they were walking past my kitchen window and I had saw some poor fellow walking down the street and I said, why don't you come in and let me cook you a, a, a good meal? And I was cooking him a steak and somebody walked by and they'd look in the window and say, oh, you're doing what's not lawful on the Sabbath day. Which wouldn't be true at all. I'm doing what is lawful on the Sabbath day. I'm feeding the poor. I'm doing good. You see, things aren't always as they seem. Thou shalt not do no servile work is not God's perfect will for you. Do no servile work is a command to make you aware that your behavior is slipping to something that isn't pleasing to God. God's perfect will for you on the Sabbath day is that you worship Him with all your heart on His holy day. That you love those around you as much as you love yourself. And that you spend the day doing good and promoting His kingdom. That's God's perfect will for you on the Sabbath day. You see, if you keep busy worshiping God and doing good on His holy day, if you be so busy on His, ho- on his Sabbath day doing things that are good and worshiping God, work will never come to your mind. God's perfect will in regard to the Sabbath day, in regard to keeping the Sabbath day honorable, isn't a list of do's and don'ts. It's your heart so turned toward Him that that there's not a do not in Torah that applies to you. I've said this many times. God's perfect will is stated for us in the Bible, but it's not found in the commands of Torah. If I come in here on the Sabbath day and I worship God and I speak of Him only and sing songs of Him alone, if I go down and fellowship with all of you after service and speak of Him and eat and listen intently and watch for the needs of others, if I come in and look for ways to minister to others, work towards and work towards that end of helping others, then I've risen above the command, thou shalt not do no servile work. If when people ask us about the Sabbath, we said, I love God's day. I rest. I sing songs of Him. I spent the entire day thinking of Him and doing nothing but that. And He in turn supplies all my needs. You see, now we've made the Sabbath something desirable. I don't ever think of observing the Sabbath as a requirement any longer. I, it doesn't even come to my mind. And I know for most of you at Sar Shalom, that's the same. The rest, the gathering together is something I look forward to each and every week. It's the pinnacle of the week for me. I count down the days until it's the Sabbath. And so when people ask me about it being a requirement or a law or ask me about legalities, I don't even hardly know how to answer them. The Sabbath is no longer a requirement to me, but it's a joy. It's something I never want to be without. It's a special time with the Lord and with His people. You know, last summer, I took a couple of Sabbaths off to do you-know-what. And I had other people do the sermon. So I went up north 
and sat in my fishing boat that week and I didn't write a sermon. And I told everybody I wouldn't be doing the sermon. And so then on the Sabbath day, they were surprised to see me here on the Sabbath day. Sitting out there just worshiping. And I said, and, and I said to them, well, what else would you think I'd be doing on this day? See, that's what we need to be teaching. We need to show the wonder of the Sabbath day and prove that lie of legalism to be what it is, a lie. I was not sitting out there because I thought God would strike me dead in my fishing boat, that a lightning bolt would come out of the sky and strike my fishing pole. I was sitting there because I didn't want to miss worshiping Him and fellowshipping with His people. And that, my friend, is not legalism. When they ask us why we keep the Sabbath, we should take them to what the prophets say about the Sabbath. Let's look at what Isaiah has to say. Chapter 56. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice, do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand. My righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, the man who holds fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps his hand from doing evil. Let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And as we read that, we can ask them, who do you suppose that foreigner might be? Who do you suppose that foreigner to Israel is? who's attached himself to Israel. And we can say, take them back to Ephesians. It was once us. But now by Messiah Yeshua, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people. And God will not exclude you from his people. You have all the benefits of God's people to include the wonderful gift of the Sabbath rest of God. God wants you to rest in him. He cares for you. If we read on, let not any eunuch complain. I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose to do what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and in its walls a memorial, a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. And they will not be cut off. The foreigners who bind themselves... Oh, there we go with foreigners again. The foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve Him, to love the name of the Lord, to worship Him. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating and hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations." You see, in our witness, we can ask them, how many times have you heard that? That will be a house of prayer for all nations? And then ask, did you know that that was attached to keeping the Sabbath? Wouldn't you like to be, wouldn't you like to go to God's holy mountain, be a part of His house of prayer, and all the promises you just heard? Well, it has a stipulation. It's even for the aliens who bind themselves to the Lord. And you can be one of those who go to God's holy mountain. Let's look at another place where God talks about the Sabbath. Isaiah 58. Again, Isaiah. Do you believe the words of Isaiah? Yeah. I never met a believer that didn't believe the words of Isaiah. They might say the law is done away with, but never heard one that didn't believe the words of Isaiah, right? Right? 
chapter, or chapter 58, verse 11. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild ancient ruins and will raise up age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, and doing as you please on my holy day. If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day honorable, if you honor it by not going your own way and doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. You see these wonderful promises? Well, if you do, you should begin to be seeing why I love the Shabbat and call it holy. And honorable. Friends, Yeshua kept the Sabbath. His disciples kept the Sabbath. Listen to what he says in John 4.23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. When Yeshua said, a time has come. He's talking about the day he lived in. And they were worshiping on the Sabbath day. And when he says the time is coming, he's speaking of the restoration of the worship of the Father in spirit and truth. And that is the day that we live in. And that begins with his holy Sabbath. Just as we just read, you'll be called repair of broken walls, restore of streets and dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day honorable. Keeping the Sabbath makes you one of the repairers of the kingdom of heaven on earth. It shows you trust the king to care for you as you worship him on his holy day. Remember Yeshua said this. Mark chapter 2 verse 27 and 28. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. For The Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Listen, friends, Yeshua loves you. There's no doubt about that. He died for you, no doubt. What I want you to see is that no matter how much you love the Lord, no matter how much you pray, how much you talk to God, until you get the Sabbath right, there's always going to be this one area of your life that will be outside of the will of God. There'll be this one thing between you and Yeshua. Yeah, he still loves you. But he's still calling to you and saying, come, rest with me on my holy day. Let me take care of you on this day. Do nothing but think of me on this day. Listen to Isaiah once more. Everybody believes Isaiah, right? 66. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make endure before me, declares the Lord, so... Will your name and your descendants' name endure from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another? All mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me, and their worm will not die, nor will their fire be quenched, and they will be loathsome to all mankind. Not only does he tell us that the reward for keeping the Sabbath is great, but he tells us that it will never be done away with, that we're going to be keeping the Sabbath in the Messianic kingdom, when the new heavens and the new earth endure. 
The Lord has given us a gift, in other words, that he promises he'll never take away. You see, friend, the thing I want to impress, that we want to impress on others, is not the legalism, but the reward, the blessing that goes with Sabbath observance. We want them to know it's not just a blessing that's in this world, but it's in the world to come as well. If you took the seventh day each and every week and spent it with God, the whole day with God and His people, think of what that would do for your faith and your walk with God in this life. The Sabbath is a delight. It's a shadow of a time that we're going to spend with God and Messiah. And it's God calling to His people saying, Come, spend some time with me. It's God calling to his people saying, come, rest with me. Let me take care of all the worries for you. Let me shelter you and clothe you and feed you. Put your worries in my hand. It's God asking people to rehearse the day of the Lord. Imagine that. The king of the universe. The one who created everything that you see. Wants to spend a day with you. I mean, think about it. If you're going to keep a day holy, why would you want to keep Sunday when all the blessings are attached to the Sabbath? You see, that's how we need to explain the Sabbath to others. If we could get other believers of the world just to stop for a moment and put aside all the prejudice about the law and the Sabbath, set aside all the bad teaching that they've heard about these things and take a Sabbath day and delight in the Lord and spend the day rejoicing in Him and His people. Just one day, I believe the church would see the Sabbath as the joy that it is and not what we've been taught. And then we would become repairers of walls. Let's make our witness of the Sabbath day not filled with hell and damnation, but with the joy that we found in serving and worshiping God and Messiah on His holy day. Amen? Hallelujah.